on tomorrow that, uh, that we uh, uh, celebrated. That's what come into mind in preparation for today's message and, and, uh, to bring forth to you. So uh, I intend to bless your heart and, and, and give you uh, something to rejoice about uh, today. Uh, but uh, as we begin, I, like, I, I would like to go ahead and uh, just go ahead and read uh, uh, two verses of my uh, scripture text. And then we'll uh, go back later uh, to revisit it. But uh, we're going to be going to De Deuteronomy. And I don't know if anybody's ever heard, but Deuteronomy has also been called the Book of Remembrance, uh, Book of Deuteronomy. So, um, and this is what we're going to be speaking on, De Deuteronomy chapter 8, and we're going to read for start of uh, verse 1 and 2. And it reads like this, is every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And everyone knows who who is speaking these words? Moses. Moses, Moses was speaking these words. So let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Lord, we come to you today. We give you praise and glory for this day. We give you praise and glory uh, for uh, Memorial Day and our uh, soldiers that gave the ultimate, Lord, sacrifice for this nation and this country. We know every battle that was ever fought and that we won, that you was in it and you had your hand in it. And we thank you for our servicemen and women. And, Lord, be with their families this weekend uh, as they have this time of remembrance for their sacrifice. Be with them. Encourage them, Lord, in some way. And, Lord... Help us today in this, in this message. Let your word go forth as you see fit. It is your word, and we trust in you and believe in you. And I give you praise and glory for all things. And in Jesus' name, let the church say, amen. amen. You may be seated. So we said Memorial Day is tomorrow, and it's the start of summer, the official start of summer. And uh, many are, have longed for this, this time, this summer beginning, to, to have, as we say, fun in the sun. Many will be... Uh, be planning to be boating every weekend. I know I got a good friend at work. He's got one of these big, I think it's 34-foot Bajas, and it ain't no fishing boat. And if you say, let's go grab a pole and go fishing, he's going to make him mad because he's all about getting that Baja out there and hammer down. He wants to do 100 mile an hour if he can because that, you know, that's it. he's waiting on it. He's, he's been making preparations of the boat, you know, and that's what a lot of people's focusing on, boating every weekend, the cookouts. Cookouts are going to be a choice, uh, a, a way of preparing food for the next three months because the weather's nice. You're going to open up that grill and have enjoy that cooking outside it, for the winter months you've had to do indoors. So it's also the first big consumer time since Christmas. You've probably already seen, maybe even gotten mail flyers in of sales ads, big, big car deals, and, you know, you're saving thousands of dollars. You've seen furniture sales ads. Every, and, you know, they've been waiting for, you know, a, a holiday like this to try and urge you to get out and spend money. I mean, it's just, it's a start. It's, they want, they want to make some more money. You know, they figure you've had a few months to pay off what you bought at Christmas. Now it's time to go in debt again. So <laughs> you're going to be bombarded for the next couple of weeks or so with all these ads, you know. And so that, so that's what we begin to do and focus on uh, in summer. But Memorial Day is much more than that. 
And before we get overwhelmed and consumed by all the events of plans of summer, it's important to remember what it is about. And that's the ultimate sacrifice of many men and women who gave their all for us in this country and their closest comrades that they served with in battle. And for many men and women who make it home alive, their memories are forever scarred for uh, some event that transpired while they were serving. So they... They try and celebrate or go to a family gathering, but it hurts because they know that someone that they served with didn't make it home. And it's tough for them, and it's hard, so it is a hard time. And, it's during, and this is a reason why this time, this weekend, before we, we do many things ourselves, get to family gatherings, we need to not forget the families and loved ones of these servicemen and women who sacrificed and pray for them. Pray to God, help them get through it. Give them, give them encouragement, uplift them. Because it's so very hard to continue to go on. They need uplifting, and we need, to, we need to let them know we're praying for them and helping them if we can, if we know someone directly you know, involved or related with, with the military. Do not forget to leave, leave them out this, uh, this weekend. I want to read to you this morning um, a, a couple, of, uh, about two servicemen. And uh, the first one I'd like to share with you is uh, a, a private first class by the name of R- uh, Ross McGinnis of Knox, Pennsylvania. And uh, it says here, as, as we read about him, if there's an opportunity to escape a deadly blast of a grenade, the Army trained soldiers to take it. When an Iraqi insurgent threw a grenade into the Humvee where P- private first class Ross A. McGinnis manned the machine gun, he had time to jump from the turret and save himself but he didn't in a matter of seconds with four comrades stuck inside McGinnis yelled grenade into his microphone dropped down the turret and used his back to smother it during a solemn one house ceremony when President Bush was in office he presented McGinnis parents Tom and Romaine with the posthumous medal of honor for their son who absorbed the grenades blast and saved the other men and they put read in part, America will always honor the name of this brave soldier who gave all for his country and was taken to rest at age 19. No one outside this man's family can know the true weight of their loss. Memories of the incident remain seared into the souls of those lives who McGinnis saved. In interviews, McGinnis' brothers in arms, flown in from as far away as Germany, choked up as they recounted the attack on their convoy on December the 4th, 2006, is when this had transpired. When the grenade thrown from a nearby rooftop landed, McGinnis shouted into his microphone to alert the men below. With that, the truck commander, Sergeant Cedric D. Thomas, counted down. His quote was, I was like three, two, one. And just like that, Thomas said, the truck filled with black smoke. If McGinnis wouldn't have blocked with his body, there's no doubt that nobody would have escaped it. He said the Humvee, dri- the Humvee driver said Sergeant Lyle Bueller, who was wounded by the shrapnel. A month before this had happened, a similar situation had occurred in another convoy. When a grenade landed inside a Humvee, the gunner jumped out, as he had been trained to do. That grenade turned out to be a dud. In the days that followed, McGinnis said he didn't know what he would do. Bueller said, I felt the same way. It's hard to say what you would do. Now, Bueller said he lives with a feeling of guilt every day. Anytime I have something good in my life, a family gathering or anything, I think about his family and how his family doesn't have that anymore, he said. 
and how he, how he could have that, it hurts. Through this delayed entry, uh, he, he, start, he started training early at the age of 17 and through his delayed entry program, which allows enro enrollees to learn from military fundamentals before they get to basic training. I guess about the only thing you're going to really know to remember about my son is that he did the right thing at the right time, his father, Tom McGinnis, said in a news conference after the ceremony. After his death, McGinnis was promoted to the rank of specialist and was awarded the Purple Heart, the Silver Star, the Bronze Star, and the Army Good Conduct Medal. Praise the name of the Lord. Bless his family. Glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Another uh, serviceman I like to uh, uh, mention this morning and discuss uh, was a man by the name of William Eric Emmert, and he was killed during Operation Iraqi Freedom. He graduated from the Lebanon High School in 1991. He served in the United States Army from 1991 to 1996 as a counterintelligence agent, sergeant, he was a sergeant at discharge. His tours included Korea, Germany, and Cuba. He graduated from Middle Tennessee State University in 1999, cum laude with a degree in criminal justice. While attending MTSU, Eric served as a member of the Nissan Fire Brigade. He entered the Tennessee National Guard in 1996 as sergeant. He served on the Governor's Task Force on Marijuana Extradition attached to the Memphis Organized Crime Unit. 1996, he served as a state Tennessee State Trooper from 2000 to the year 2007, served on the Governor's Security in 2005. He was a special agent for the TBI from the year 2007 until the year 2008 until he was called back into duty to serve in Iraq. He was promoted to second lieutenant in the Tennessee National Guard January 2006, promoted to first lieutenant January of 2008. At the time that he was killed, he was serving as platoon leader, first platoon, 269th Military Police Company, in Iraq since January of 2009. And uh, Mr. Emmert, he, they have renamed the Tennessee National Guard Armory in Murfreesboro in honor of his behalf. And he was also a good friend of Michelle's. She grew up with him. Uh, she told me that uh, from kindergarten through the eighth grade that he, uh, that he uh, didn't miss any school whatsoever. And that he... Uh, they got a reward for completing, had perfect attendance, and completed uh, completed K through eight. And she said he always talked about being a police officer. That uh, that's he always wanted to do that. He wanted to strive. That said, uh, she said that he, he was so smart and and driven and uh, knew what he wanted to do. And as you heard what I read about the man, he had a he did great things. I mean, he 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 truly served not only his country but the state of Tennessee. I mean, he uh, he was a good man. She also told me that uh, after she had talked with uh, his parents, uh, she had went to the services. He, he, this happened and transpired in 2009 that uh, what had got him was he, he was uh, military police, and he, they were on patrol and on, on, uh, on their mission over in Mosul, Iraq, and they were getting ready to leave, just about to pack up and leave their duties, what they were, uh, their duties were for the day, and they were invited to a dinner. 
and they want uh, uh, the people there wanted them to come to this dinner, but it was a secret ambush, and that's what took it. That's what took uh, his life was this secret ambush and attack. Excuse me, that he that had happened to him. It was secret ambush. It was it was just it was just to try to kill American troops, and that's what happened to him. And uh, incidentally, uh, Michelle had also told me that uh, that his mother. At the same time that he was killed and the bullet had went in and pierced his heart, that his mother had went to the hospital thinking she had had a heart attack because she had felt such a sharp pain. They took her to the emergency room thought thinking she was having a heart attack, and they didn't know about her, their son being killed at this point. But it turned out not to be a heart attack. But uh, after you know events tra- transpired and time passed, they realized the exact same time she felt that in her heart, her, his mother, that's when that had happened to him. And that goes to show what mothers can can know, you know, when something's going going on, and they can they have the feelings and effects of it, the mother. So uh, those uh, uh, those are stories of two uh, two servicemen that gave their all for this country, and I thank them and their families, and be be in very much prayer for uh, Eric's uh, mother because he what they had another daughter that was stillborn, and he was their only child. And she still struggles very much to this day for that loss, obviously, you know. So uh, be very much in prayer uh, for them. So now uh, we go we go on to, uh, back to our reading. So uh, it's good to have memorials so that we are reminded of where we come from and the sacrifice of the ones before us, so that we have, have so that we remember where we have gotten to where we are today, whether it's in military. Or the church is good in remembering events as a uh, that take place as a, as a whole for the church. On a more lo- local level, we've been talking about how we're about to celebrate 70 years here, and it's good to remember certain things that's transpired and happened. So many battles, spiritual battles, and and others have fought to keep this church together and go on. And we're going on for 70 years. Uh, the one thing to remember is that the Lord, if we remember the Lord our God, He will remember us. He will, he will remember us and, and, and give us the strength to carry on. We cannot do it by ourselves. We have to have him. When we remember the Lord in our lives, he will remember us. And Moses, uh, like I read in, a first, uh, in the, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, he tried to warn a new generation of people uh, about to go and possess the promised land. Uh, and that's what I want to take us back to in Deuteronomy chapter 8. And want to go. want to begin in verse 3. And um, I want to give you a little preference here. Uh, this cha- this uh, in Deuteronomy, they uh, they're imagining they're on they're on the banks of uh, uh, the Jordan River. They've been there now, uh, for forty years, and uh, it's about time to to cross over. And it's a new generation that has come up. Uh, you, you remember that uh, Moses himself was not allowed to cross over, and the generation of people there were not allowed to cross over. So this this is a reference Moses trying to give to this new generation to remind them, for them to think uh, uh, about where their family had come from, uh, to keep the Lord God in their heart and trust in him. And we're going to begin in, uh, in verse 3. It says, So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Wow, can you imagine that? Having some clothes on for 40 years, not wearing out. 
That's what, that's what the Bible said. Their garments did not wear out. Nor did their feet swell. They wandered. You know, uh, it, it was said that it was really only an 11-day journey to cross, but they wound up wandering for 40 years. So, you know, that's a long time uh, for, to have some clothes on, but, they got, but God took care of them. They didn't wear their garments out. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. And these, stat these statutes that he was talking about referring to were, were these uh, uh sacrifices and, and and things that they had to do statues to keep the lord, what the lord wanted them to do their feast and things of this nature that he wanted them to keep and do uh, for cleanliness and all lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. When your heart is lifted up, it's, it's saying that when, when you begin to maybe have pride at that time for what you have, is that not remind us of how our nation is today? We are so blessed. We have big, beautiful homes. We have a land of plenty. There's more food and water in this nation than anyone could ever imagine to have, but we still have homeless and hungered. But we are so blessed from sea to shining sea all the way across, and it's as if some, some, of, some of our people are uh, getting haughty about it. They're getting proud from boastful, like they have done something. Everything that we are blessed with in this land has come from God. Everything that, that we have is from Him. He has blessed this land. But why? Because this land, in my opinion, at one time blessed Him more than they blessed themselves. At one time they blessed the Lord their God, remembered Him, kept His commandments, honored Him, and He blessed this land in return. He honored this land. That's why we have went from World War I, World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, the Afghans Wars. We have really grown into a great big economy that has so much and so plenty because of God. And it's because uh, so many of the ones before us served the Lord and honored Him and went to Him and everything. They weren't afraid to pray to God. They weren't afraid to honor Him and keep His Word holy and go to church on Sunday and give Him praise and, and let Him uh, control their lives. That's why so many good things have transpired and happened in this land. And then this is what Moses was trying to, to remind this generation of people is where they come from, trying to remind them what the ancestors had done, what they had been through, because they were standing there on their banks. It was about time to cross over, but they hadn't got there yet. They had more to do. They had more to conquer, more, more that God was going to give them. They wasn't yet at the land God had promised. They were still waiting for it. Glory to the name of the Lord. So, uh, so verse 15, he 
who, who, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness, which were fiery serpents and scorpions and, and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out of my flinty rock? And this, and this was referring to, like I said, Moses was reminding him of things that happened and transpired. See, the children of Israel so quickly forgot God in a lot of times. And, and one of these times they murmured and complained and, groan, and groaned because they had no water. See, they depended on God for water. And he had already given it to them before. He'd already done it. But they began to grumble and complain. And you know what the Lord God said? Okay, I've had enough. There's going to be some fiery serpents come, come across the land. And they did. And a lot, a lot of uh, Israelites had uh, got, died from a snake bite. But they remembered God at that point. And they went to Moses and said, pray to, pray to God for us to take these snakes from our land to, to protect us. And Moses went to God, and God said, okay, raise up a, serp, a bronze serpent, and that when they go and look upon it, that they'll be healed, have they been bitten. And that's how he took care of them, as they remembered God. That's what it took was them to remember God. Had they not remembered God, they, they wouldn't have serpents have been taken care of and been controlled. Glory to the name of the Lord. Verse 16, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he may humble you, that he may, might test you to, to do you good in the end. See, God wants to do good, but there's going to be tests, there's going to be trials, there's going to be things that transpire and happen that we may not understand, but God's testing us. There's going to be a test. He wants to see how true that you're going to be. He wants to see, he wants to see exactly how much you're going to stand up. He wants to see, are you going to go to the front lines? Are you going to go on, on the front lines on his behalf and serve him and worship him? Or are you going to quickly fade away? He wants to see that out of his children and his people. And when, if, if he sees that you do, he's going to do good to you to the end. Glory to the name of the Lord. In verse 17, when you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth, and you shall remember the Lord your and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant with which He swore to your fathers at His this day. So let, let's that be a warning to us that it's not of our own might, it's not of our own hand, it's not of our own will. It's it's God's will and His hand that helps us and to get us through. And then verse 19, then it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord God destroys before you, so you shall perish because you will not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. And Moses was letting them know, Hey, I know what's about to happen. You're about to go possess the land that God has promised you in Canaan's land. But he also knew there was already a people there that wasn't God-fearing people. They had, they had different gods that they were worshiping and serving. It wasn't the one true God. And they uh, were doing crazy things, bestiality things, and, and just immoral acts of, of every kind and way. And Moses was trying to warn them and let them know, don't mix and mingle with these people, they were, they were to ultimately and orderly destroy them was the word that was given to them because that was the danger that was involved, that they would accept in their beliefs and their gods. 
Because we remember, you know, remember how in the wilderness they quickly turned away from God when times got tough. And if they were to cross over into this land of promise of all these good things that they were going to see, they might have thought, hey, these, these gods are looking pretty good. Look at what they all have in this land. Look at all this that they have. But that was what they were trying to warn against. They know they wasn't, that they, the, the Canaanites was not serving the one true God, and they needed to be warned of that. And so by this time in Moses' life, he's 120 years old, and the children of Israel had been in the wilderness for 40 years, as we said. Moses would soon be called by God to Mount Nebo to see the promised land that was to be given to Abraham's descendants. But he was not allowed to carry over into it because of his disobedience. Does everyone remember uh, what it was uh, with uh, Moses that caused him to, to miss getting the cross-over? that a disobedient act when God told him to speak to the rock and Moses had his rod and he smote it twice. And so that was a disobedient act to God and, and that's why Moses could not cross over. So Moses wanted to give fair warning to this new generation that was coming up that was about to cross over to the promised land led by Joshua. And this was a command that he gave the people to remember the Lord God. See, God wants us to remember him and his commandments because he knows our hearts are led by the flesh. If we don't keep the spirit alive within us, we will allow our flesh to take over and, and lead our path instead of God. And we have to be continually focused on Jesus and, and let not our hearts become proud. Our minds can lead us to disbelief and deceptions that are not of God. Our, mind, our minds are, are crazy like that. We, we'll start thinking things in our mind that, is just totally wrong and off, and if we ain't got God constantly on our heart, that stuff can run rampant and give you bad thoughts give, and give you bad direction. That's why we need to go to God in each and everything for that good and perfect direction. You know, I thought of this. It's kind of like... Um, it's kind of like wearing braces for kids. You know, a lot of kids get braces. They get, the parents will uh, take them to the dentist, and, or the, what do they call it, uh, um, orthodontist, that's right, the orthodontist. And they'll, they'll spend the time and the money and the, what, what is it, like 18 months that they have to have wear these braces, get the teeth straight because it's all about appearance. you got to look good, you know, and you got to want the teeth straight. So they spend this whole time and the money and, and getting the teeth straight and everything, and at the end of it, they're not done. They're not finished. There is a retainer that they now got to wear for life. This retainer has got to be in there for for life, and this retainer is so important. If they leave it out, it don't take. Uh, Layla has braces now, and uh, she'll have to wear. And Chloe had them, and she's got a retainer. And Layla's in the process. And if she, you know, uh, they say that the teeth will quickly begin to move out of place if that retainer is not in there. So it has to be in there. So I t I want to translate that into the Holy Ghost is our retainer. Amen. We have to have the Holy Ghost in us, in our lives, directing us, guiding us, and helping us. Because without that Holy Ghost, we're going to begin to sway and go in a different direction. we got to have the Holy Ghost directing us and keeping us on the right path, keeping our mind focused on God. With that Holy Ghost is our retainer for life. For life, that Holy Ghost needs to be in us, dwelling in us, directing us, keeping us. Glory to the name of the God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to his name. Forget not to exercise our spirit daily. Glory to his name. Uh, Moses knew where the children of Israel had come from and where God had promised where they would go. But he also knew God was a just and jealous God and wouldn't hesitate to punish their evil deeds. 
So this reminder Moses gave, we can take away for ourselves. We are, imagine ourselves, we're standing on the banks of the Jordan. We have come a long way, but we've not got there yet. We haven't reached the promised land yet, as of yet. We're still going. We're still waiting for Jesus' second coming, if you will. We're, we're standing looking toward glory. We're looking for it. We're searching for it. We're letting that Holy Ghost be our retainer to keep us in line and give him praise and glory. And one day is coming, that uh, great Memorial Day celebration is coming where God, our Father, is going to remember Jesus. He's going to remember what he went through on the cross. He's going to remember the, the, the time he, when he was uh, crucified. He's going to remember every pain that he was put upon him. He's going to remember all, all, all the torture and the torment and dragging that cross. He's going to remember everybody laughing at him and mocking him at him and just beating him. He's going to remember those 39 lashes that was given to him. All of, all of that. God is going to remember on, on a day that Jesus had went through that. And can I tell you today that Jesus in that day, in that great memorial day that's coming, he's going to remember me and you. He's going to remember you, Ricky, on that great memorial day, your commitment to him that you gave. He's going to remember you, Michelle, you, Pastor. He's going to remember you, Brother Douglas, that commitment, that covenant that you made with him. He's going to remember that. He knew that what you had done and you honored that covenant, that commitment. Amber, he's going to remember you that that covenant that you made with him there's coming a great memorial day ever is coming it's not here yet we got to stay strong we got to we got to we got to feel it we got to have the holy ghost directing us it's not here yet it's coming Just keep striving keep fighting keep fighting keep fighting it keep fighting it don't give up don't lose hope don't let the devil turn you around keep that retainer of the holy ghost in you don't give it up there's a great memorial day coming i give god praise and glory and honor this day glory to the name of the lord hallelujah give the lord praise this day. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.